Good evening, Rabbi Rabbi Isai. We are at the fourth and final item on the list that Chavis Abbas tells us that are motivating factors for tshuva. And we will try to finish the perek this evening. Perek Vov here in Shara Tshuva, Chavis Abbas. So we discussed, and again in descending order, the highest level is a person, and Chavis Abbas is going to tell us this himself. The highest level is a person on his own contemplation comes back and does tshuva, like the Evid who ran away and says, this is so silly, I've gotten so much goodness from this master, why am I trying to shirk my responsibilities, why am I rebelling against my master, let me go back to him. And the second is he hears a nice thought, whether he hears it from someone speaking or he reads it in a safer and he is inspired by that thought, to bring him to do tshuva. So it's not like as great as the first level where he did it on his own. Here he heard it from someone else. As Chavazavavos calls that, that's mitzvah sanoshim milumada, was taught by somebody else. Number three is he sees that someone else has been punished. And he says, that same thing could happen to me. So before I myself get punished, let me get back on track. And now number four, Vaharavi. And the fourth motivation for doing tshuva, is when a punishment from the Creator comes upon him. All sorts of tsaris that a person may have, all sorts of sufferings, of problems. Once he feels this, he understands it, he awakens from his sleep, and he returns from his Averin does tshuva. And a simple marshal, an Ever who runs away from his master. Here the master sends a messenger directly to him. He hires a hitman after him. He hires people to rough him up, to pain him. And he afflicts pain on account of him running away from his Avodah. And when these people from the Master, from the King, come and start punishing this Eved, they start bringing pain upon this Eved, Borach he runs back to the Master. He says, He acknowledges he did wrong. And he asks for forgiveness. Before we bring the Psukim, where Chavis brings this from, this seems to be sort of the most direct. It's so direct. Hashem didn't give it upon other people. Hashem didn't just do it through uh, a speech that someone was saying. But here, directly, a person became... Ill. Hashem made a person ill. He made him have troubles, financial troubles, or health issues, or family issues. And the truth is, as much as this is so direct a message from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I would think this may be the one that we least take to heart. I think we just think about it. A person is sick. Even a very believing person. He's miming that... Uh, where did this come from? The Abishta gave me this pain. The Abishta made me ill. And even if he's laid up for a few days, when he had to go take an antibiotic, till he was better, till he gets back to himself, finally, oh, 
the pain is away, he's able to get back to himself, and he's ready to thank Hashem for it. Oh, Baruch Hashem, Hashem took this pain away. Oh, it was harping me down, it was really hampering my efforts to do what I needed to do, even in Avedis Hashem. But I think oftentimes it stops at there. In other words, we just wait till the thing passes. Oh, and now we're ready to praise Hashem for taking it away. But we don't realize that it was Hashem who brought it in the first place. I think we have a disconnect over there. We're missing that step where we understand, yes, Hashem sent the illness, and Hashem only who could take away the illness, and we dominate, he should take it away. But we don't realize why the illness came in the first place, that Hashem was the one who sent it for a reason. And that we missed that step. And that's what Chavis is saying, Vavos is saying over here, which really is the lowest level because if the person realizes, he says, oh, you know, I got sick, this thing happened to me, this hardship took place because I'm not perfect yet and I don't want this to happen again, I don't want to be punished, so I'm going to try to be perfect, you're going to do tshuva. And he brings a pasuk over here that we see that's not on the highest level. As he says here, Pasuk in Mishlei Chumayu Nemar, concerning this type of scenario, this person, Shleimah Melech says, Bevoi Kishoya Pachtechem. All of a sudden, when you have a sudden scare, Ve'edchem Kisufa, and some tsaras come, Yes, Bevoi Aleichem Tzara and when there is sufferings and hardship that befall a person, Oz Yikra'unani, you're going to call out to me. Hashem says, I'm not going to answer. Why? Because you're only calling out just to get the pain away. You're only calling out to Hashem. Ah, oh, Hashem, I'm really so sorry what I did. Just take away the illness. But he's not sincere. So Hashem says, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to answer that. But for Omar, he brings one additional pasuk. But for Omar, it says the pasuk in Divrei Ayyamim. And this, you may have heard this Unbelievable Chazal. But if you haven't heard it yet, you'll be blown away by this Chazal. First, let's read the Pasik. This is a Pasik talking about Menashe, who was one of the Davidic kings, one of the Malchai based David, a son of Chizkiyo HaMelech. And when he was in pain, when it was very difficult for him, Chila, as Pnei Hashem he besieged Hashem, and he became very humble. And Hashem then listened to him. So you have to hear the story first, and then we see the contrast that Chavah is saying. On the one hand, if tshuva is only done because a person just wants to be free and get rid of the problem that he's having in life, so then Hashem says, that's all you, you do. You just want to sort of get rid of it. You're not coming back because you realize you did wrong. Hashem says, I'm not going to answer you for that. But if it's done with sincerity, but it has to be done with such sincerity because such tshuva is on the lowest level and it doesn't really have the strength to be accepted by Hashem unless it's done with great sincerity. This Menashe was the son of Chizkiyo, one of two sons that Chizkiyo had. And Chizkiyo, unfortunately, the Gemara Brachas Tafiyot tells us that he foresaw that he's going to have children that are not going to be good. And therefore, 
he refrained from procreating. He didn't have children. Until Yeshaya Novi came to him and says, Hashem wants to punish you and end your life early. He said, why? Because you're not, you're not procreating. You're not being involved in period of And as the Mepharshim explained, as he decided this one mitzvah, sort of he's cutting out. And Yeshaya says, you're going to die. So Cheskyo says, get away with Yenavua. I have a Kabbalah from my great-great-grandfather, David HaMelech. That even if there's a sharp sword on the person's neck, never too late for tefillah. So he started davening, like he returned to the wall and offered a fervent prayer to Hashem. And Hashem added 15 years to his life. And he did tshuva, and he had two children, Rav Shoke and Menashe. Menashe grew up to take over the throne and he was one of the most wicked kings ever in Klal Yisrael. He was a king for 55 years. And for the first 25, 26 years of his life, he did the most horrible sins. Abed was the least of them. We're talking about he was Mazana with his own sister. And he caused other people to do Abed He was a terrible person. He took idols and he put them in the Beit Hamikdash in every direction, no matter where you turn. Oh, I don't want to look that way. You know, there's the, the not not a good place to talk, look over there. But I'm just trying to dive in the Beit Hamikdash. There's an idol. You turn the other way, it's another idol. He was he was a the lowest of the low. One day, the either was the Melech Ashur or the Assyrians or the Babylonians. They captured him, the enemy king, the Jewish king, and they brought him back to Bovel. And they were going to burn him alive. They set up a huge cauldron filled with boiling water, and they put him inside. I don't believe they were cannibals they were going to eat him. They were going to cook him alive. And he's, the, the, it's getting hotter and hotter, and there's no way out. So he starts... Davening. To who? To his idols. He says, idols save me. No answer. This idol save me. No answer. Finally, he's desperate. And he remembers when he was a young child, his, his father, Chizkiyo HaMelech, taught him a pasik. When you're in the straits, when you're in trouble, call out to Hashem. He remembered that Hashem says, oh, even in even when you have a sharp sword on your throat, you can always daven Hashem. Ah, so we think that's it, the story check. No, what did he say? He says, okay, let me try it. He says, Hashem, I mean, I wouldn't be able to say such a thing from my mouth if it wouldn't be Divrei Chazal. He says, Hashem, if you save me, then I'll, I'll trust in you. And if not, you know better than, that's what he said, the other, deities that he called out to. When the Malachim on high heard this, they closed every door and every window to heaven that that tefillah shouldn't come through. That chutzpah. Let him burn alive. And the Ebishta himself carved out at the bottom of the Kisir covered a hole for the tefillah to go through. Hashem says, if it's a sincere tshuva, even if it's out of desperation, 
He's only doing it because he doesn't want to be burnt alive. Even out of desperation, but if it's a sincere tshuva, Hashem says, I have to accept it. That's my system. I accept all sincere tshuva. Not the highest level. I'm not so close with Menashe now. But it was a sincere tshuva. As it says here, he became extremely humble. He realized that he had true remorse what he did. And the Chazal tell us in an instant, he found himself back on his throne in Yerushalayim. So was the Kayach of Tshuva, even if it's done out of desperation. But if it's done only to get the punishment away, but it's not a sincere Tshuva, it won't be accepted. But if it's like Yechilas Pnei Hashem, it was done in an audacious way, certainly. But it was a sincere tshuva. For that moment, Menashe was absolutely sincere. And we know he was sincere because for the next 25 years, he tried to repair and he tried to undo all the damage that he did. He wasn't really so successful, but at least he attempted for the next 25 years as king to try to do tshuva. And Hashem accepted the tshuva. So says Chavah the one who was most successful, if you go with the first of these four, so then, then that's the that's the best. Then you have it the best. You're most successful, and it's most accepted. The second, beneath that, in terms of ways of being accepted, how quick it's accepted. That's the second level. He doesn't do it on his own initiative, but he hears it from somebody else. He reads it in his favor and he says, I must do tshuva already. I got to pick my Avera that I'm doing and do tshuva. That's the second best. And beneath them, will be most successful and being accepted so quickly. Well, he realizes his punishment being done around him, and he says, I don't want the fire to come to me next. If it only does tshuva because of the pain and the suffering, the problems he has, he is the most distant of all those doing tshuva. Don't think Hashem will accept it so quickly. To forgive his sin. But if he does it sincerely, even if it's out of desperation, but the tshuva is done sincerely, maybe a person is worried that the world is coming to an end. Maybe he has given up hope in the United States of America. He says, we're finished over here. Maybe he, that's the desperation. He says, we see Mashiach is here. I could smell it already. Maybe he's only doing it out of that. But if he does this sincerely, charata, he has remorse, he gives up the sin, he asks for forgiveness, speaking it out, and he shows it, then Hashem says, even such a tshuva, if it's done with sincerity, I will accept it, and I will forgive the person. Agutanak Rabbi Sai, this concludes Perek Vov.